Okay, so yesterday I had four drinks, but hold on, I can totally explain. This is Problem Child, a punk rock mental health podcast with me, Michael. And, um, ugh. So, yesterday was weird. Um, it was day three of my 30-day sobriety thingy. And like I said yesterday in the morning, I, I was anxious. And I know why. Every time I go in with a plan to quit something... You know, smoking cigarettes, drinking pills back when I was hooked on pills in my early 20s. You know, I get this like anxious, confusing, agitating pressure in my head and it can override everything until I just break down and smoke a cigarette or take a drink. And that was totally happening yesterday and that fucking sucked, you know, and there was things I did. I mean... You know, I'm reading this book, uh, Healing Trauma by Peter Levine, and it's got a 12-day healing trauma series of exercises you do. And then from there, you do it as often as you can, you know, and that's what I've been doing. But um, there was just, well, look, that's not the only reason it got really rough for me yesterday. So a little background, I'm planning on getting my first tattoo. At 35, which I don't never too young, I think, to do something. What the fuck ever? Anyways, it's a tattoo that means a lot to me. And that's the reason I'm actually finally getting one. Because back in the day, I could never figure out a tattoo that I wanted that would always mean something to me. I remember seeing, was it Fat Mike from No Effects or some, one of the assholes from like Pennywise? You know, one of those LA bands. They had a tattoo of Ron Burgundy on their leg. And I just remember, like, that's fucking lame. I'm like, what does that mean to you? Maybe something. I don't know. It looked like it. some people just get like Pete Davidson tattoos where there's just like they're just covered in a bunch of fucking stupid shit. And I never wanted that. Like my tattoo, I wanted to mean some shit. And I could never think of something that was permanent enough to have a fucking permanent tattoo. You know, um, until a couple weeks ago, I thought of a tattoo. It's a very important one for me. It's a, it's it's of a very important part of me, my anxiety part, the one who is always looking out for the bad. You know, is that crazy guy on the subway gonna kill me? Is someone gonna break into my apartment in the middle of the night and attack me? Did I leave the stove on? Am I going to go crazy? I call this part Scout. And he's starting to relax more and more for me. He's starting to trust me the more I get to know him. And he's finally keeping an eye out for good things. You know, blue skies, the changing colors of the leaves, attractive guys in Midtown, new places to eat at, that kind of stuff. You know, optimism that kind of you know i'm not used to that i'm not particularly given to that um so i pulled out my pen and my pad one night 
And I just drew a rough sketch of this part. Scout. He's a pirate in a crow's nest, you know, with the spyglass. And he's he's looking ahead for calmer seas. And behind him in the distance, the storm he's leaving. And I love it. But I can't draw for shit, right? So I asked my best friend if he could do the design for me. So I can then take that to a tattoo parlor and, you know, get the tattoo. So I go to his place yesterday where we're just going to sit down, discuss the tattoo and draw it up and measure my bicep where I want to get it and all that. Well, you know, I'm quitting drinking and I'm feeling kind of anxious yesterday. So I'm heading over there and I'm kind of fucking stuck in my head here, you know. And he picks up on that quick. It's usually pretty easy to do, but also, this is my best friend. He just knows when I'm not, you know, being myself. And a huge problem for me is if I'm really anxious, I deny. I just go, I'm not anxious. Maybe you're the one who's fucking anxious, like that type thing. And that happens. We start arguing. It gets heated. And there's more to this. Like, he and I used to have a videography business together, right? We built it from the ground up. Seven years of hard work and fucking doubt and success and, you know, tons more moments of failure. But it was our business. We built that shit. And then the pandemic came along and totally demolished it immediately. First week of lockdown, we were done. The business went under and, you know, we were at each other's throats a lot, as you might imagine, like very, very, very stressful period. At the same time, we were also co-directors, co-writers, co-producers. We were a filmmaking duo. We wrote and directed over 30 short films, some great, some okay, you know, and in the early days, like a lot of dick and fart joke videos on YouTube. But we were gaining traction. We were getting good at it, you know, picking up speed. Our last short film won 10 awards. It premiered at a semi-prestigious film festival. And due to the stress and the shock of losing our videography business and just the pandemic in general, and he moved into a house with his partner and I... I just felt stuck in my apartment. It's just, look, all that pressure. Plus, we were working on a new project that my best friend was really into that I was really not into. But I, I felt like I couldn't voice that to him because I, I've always had this deep fear that if I voiced any opinion other than, yeah, that's that's good, yeah, sure. If I voiced any opinion other than that, my deep fear was it would end our filmmaking partnership. And uh, ironic enough, because of all those things, our filmmaking partnership ended. And this all happened within a couple months. It just crashed and burned, you know? So we decided to just focus on being friends without all the ad, you know the, the the extra added pressures of running two businesses simultaneously and that's healthy but i wasn't raised in a particularly healthy way like i'm just now learning what boundaries even are and how to what mine are 
<laughs> you know, I'm learning how to say no when I don't want to do something again in a healthy way. Not like, you know, can, can you do the dishes? But, you know, no in a healthy way. For the past two years, me and him have been very up and down, like a lot of pain, feelings of resentment and jealousy and abandonment, like intense fucking shit. And yet you got to understand me and him, we're more like twins than just, oh yeah, that's, you know, that's my best friend. No, he lives in Utah. We talk once a month. Like, no, this was, I see this guy every single day, except on Saturdays. You know, we do everything together and there were always fights, but the love was so strong that, you know, when everything went tits up, um, I started getting thoughts of suicide. I started dealing with mood swings I had never felt before. I had trouble sleeping. I had trouble eating. I was having crying jags. And, you know, I started drinking too much. And, you know, the truth is, even after all the the deep digging I've done in this therapy I do, and, and, and after reading Gabor Mate and Peter Levine and Bessel van der Kolk, like analyzing and experiencing and noticing the effects childhood trauma had on me as an adult, I still found it insanely difficult to tell this stuff to my best friend. Well, yesterday our argument got so intense that I just I just decided, you know what, I'm going to tell him. Without him having to like beat it out of me, which has happened before, you know, like, come on, tell me what's wrong, you know. Like, this time I was like, you know what, tell him. Like, like it just burst out of me. You know, I explained all the anguish I had experienced the past year and a half. And it, at first it came out kind of angry. And then I started to tear up. But then it felt like good. It felt like, no, this really has to happen. Like I was really unburdening some heavy shit that I'd been carrying for a long time. The secret I had kept for a long time. And then I told him that our friendship, you know, when it became so fucked up and our dreams of filmmaking together fell by the wayside. You know, all that damage we had undergone during the pandemic, it was like losing a limb. And I started crying, like, hard. Like, I'm not particularly good at crying. Like, I really shut that shit down, you know? That stiff upper lip shit my dad raised me with. But I started crying. And in my head, I was like, there was a part of me going, stop this, stop this, stop now, stop the crying. But me, you know, like the real me, the me that's wants to allow that to happen, overrode that. I was like, no, this this is just gonna ha- this is happening now. And he came over. I was sitting at his kitchen table, and he came over and hugged me. 
And again, we're not constantly, you know, our friendship, we're not constantly hugging and crying. <laughs> that would be a little weird. You know, that's certainly a rare event for us. I can't think of a time where it happened like that. In fact, at all in my adult life. And I bawled like a baby. Like, I don't mean in a, I cried like a little bitch kind of way. I mean, like, I felt like a five-year-old crying into his mom's bosom. Like, I felt held and understood and that he was feeling the exact same emotion because he was crying too. It was the absolute most surreal thing I've ever experienced and profound and like so needed, so amazing, you know, and he was telling me that he loved me and he's proud of me. And, and I didn't, you know, you know, when you feel like you gotta say the same thing back when somebody compliments you, well, I think you're cool too. Like, no, I just naturally told him that, you know, he means the world to me and that, uh, you know, some other stuff uh, would be between us. You know, it was it was truly like letting two years, two and a half, almost three years of just pain and inner torment out in one big fucking moment. You know, now after that, I felt rattled. Like free, unburdened, but Jesus Christ, that was a lot, you know? It's an insane thing to experience such a rapid, like, decompression of bottled up emotions. Like, I'm not used to something like that uh, as anybody, you know? So, once we settled down a little bit, big red puffy eyes, but we had naturally felt that crying all the way through. And there was no stopping it until it naturally stopped, which someone learning is really fucking good for you. We're sitting there, just breathing, you know, just fucking breathing, like Jesus Christ. And he asked uh, if I wanted to go to a bar. And look, as I said, I'm still tapering off drinking, right? I didn't want to just stop. Uh, for more reasons, you know, than but yesterday was supposed to be just one drink. That's where I was down to. Well, we went to Decatur. That's like a hip little progressive town right next to Atlanta. And we went to a pizza place and drank beer and ate pepperoni pizza and laughed and, you know, talk, we would also talk seriously about stuff. And we talked about possibly working together again on projects in the future which was amazing, you know, just the prospect of that. And we discussed each other's individual creative pursuits. It was incredible. And no, like I didn't need a drink, right? But after that eruption of emotions and feeling like like I, I had reverted to some child in exile who just needed someone to finally cry with, I kind of felt like I fucking needed a drink. Now, I'm still 100% committed to saying this through. And I'm not beating myself up about it. Like, you know, I'm a human who's working through some stuff. I like that. It feels very um, 
very adult, you know, but in the best way of being an adult, like not the suit and tie and bad back type of way, but the, the, I gotta be me kind of way. Does that make sense? (sighs) Anyways, that was day three. Now it's day four. And you know what, man, I'm just going to take it easy. It's Saturday. It's nice out here in Atlanta, you know, sun's out, guns out. I'm going to go for a nice walk and just listen to music, get some sun, get some food. And I'm going to listen in for what else might need to be heard inside me, you know? So, yeah, I think, uh, I think that's it for today's, uh, uh, you know, episode. Um... So, I need a song for today. Perfect. That'll do. Okay. All right. So, the song for the day is uh, for, I dedicate to my best friend, uh, who even when I don't feel like it, he is always there for me. And it's Fall Back Down by Rancid. And uh, fuck it. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Fall back down, you're gonna help me.
Fall back down 